You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from our congressional care pastor, Aaron Caton. So the title is Look in the Mirror. I got a lot of scripture tonight. I feel like I've... uh, I feel like, not I, but the Lord has cooked you up a great big cowboy steak, and we're going to cut that thing open, and we're going we're gonna to eat on that thing. Crystal, you don't like cowboy steak? What is wrong with you? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, God's got a lot of bread for us, a lot of meat for us to eat tonight. So we're going to come out of John 16 and 19. It says, now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him, and he said unto them, Do you inquire among yourselves of that I said? A little while, and you shall not see me. And again, a little while, and you shall see me. I can see the disciples, whenever we think about this, and and Jesus has spoken to him. He says, a little while, and you'll not see me. In a little while, you'll see me. And I can imagine the, the 12 of them standing there, and they're just whispering, what does that mean? Peter, what does that mean? Go ask him. John, what what is he trying to say? Go ask him. I can just imagine them just sitting there, what in the world is he talking about? Why does he always talk in this crazy language that nobody understands? And Jesus is telling him, rather he's warning his disciples that his time is about up. My friends, we don't have that ability. Some may receive a word from God that your time has come, but most of us will never receive that. Proverbs 27 and 1 says, boast not, thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring. James tells us that life is but a vapor. It's not promised today. It's not promised tomorrow. So we need to make the best of every day that we have. And, and Jesus is telling them that, and I can only imagine they're just sitting there going, what does it mean? And unless God reveals, unless God tells you what tomorrow is bringing, he tells us, don't worry about tomorrow. Focus on today. Jesus is predicting his crucifixion. But he's also informing the disciples that the Holy Spirit is about to come upon them. He says, a little while you'll see me, a little while you won't. I'm drawn to the parable of the sower in a way because there are many times in our lives we look and we're like, I don't see Jesus, I don't see Jesus. But it's because we're not getting into the word of God. But in Matthew 13, the parable of the sower gives us a great example of what the devourer, the devil tries to do. He tries to come and steal and destroy what God wants to do. Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But the other fell into good ground and brought forth brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who has ears to hear, let him hear. Christ is trying to draw us to the Father. He's trying to draw our attention to himself. He's saying that, that the kingdom has as much as you want, but how much of that do you want to receive? He tells us again in John 10, 10, he says, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. And we see that in this parable. You see the wickedness. You see the devil comes and steals the word. But what does Jesus say? Jesus says, I've come that you may have abundantly. That what you want, what you put into, God's all about our intention. He wants us to be intentional with him. God wants your attention. 
He wants your blessing. He wants you to pour out upon him. In your prayer closet, it's intentional. In your praise closet, it's intentional. In your reading closet, your Bible time, it's intentional. That's what you're doing is getting intentional with God. And as believers, we're to gain knowledge. We're to grow in knowledge. We're to grow in the truths of Jesus. New truth, new revelation. It shows us grace and it shows us how to live and to give grace. He's telling the disciples, they're having a discussion about forgiveness. And he says, forgive them. Seven times 70. What does it mean? It means forgive them. Seven times 70, 490 times. If you've got a disagreement with somebody, you've got a long day of forgiveness coming towards them, right? He wants us to apply the word of God to our lives, not just to hear it. James 1 and 22 through 25 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. None of you have that problem, do you? But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continues therein, he being not a forgotful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. We're not deceiving anybody. When we're not applying the word to our hearts and to our lives, and we're not being a doer, we're not deceiving anybody, but ourselves is what the word says. We're not applying it. When we apply the word, we won't be perfect, but we will be better people. We'll be better disciples, and we'll start to look a little bit more like Jesus. As looking into that mirror and seeing that handsome face or that beautiful face, there's a lot more imperfection in that mirror than there is perfection. Most ladies, they, they put on all this foundation to cover it up. They put on mascara and eyeliner and lipstick to cover up every rough spot. I once heard it preached that they, they put on so much stuff that they could take it down to Rick's, Rick White's body shop and he couldn't take a sandblaster and get it off there. They got so much stuff on their face, right? Us men, some of us grow beards. Whether or not that's just to make the wife mad, I don't really know. Maybe they like it. But there's rough spots on us, but you get to see those things. We can't hide it. I ain't putting on makeup, right? There's rough spots inside of us, inside of our hearts. But that's where applying the word of God, it brings value and it will start to take those rough spots away. The word of God will help resolve those rough spots. It's exactly what I, I wrote down. And, and today, whenever I was reading over that, I said, it helps resolve those rough spots. And I started thinking about resolve, the carpet cleaner. And I thought, man, you, you spray it on there and you get down and you start. And that's exactly what God's word does. It resolves. It gets in there and it gets in that rough spot and it just starts cleaning up that area. The word of God just starts cleaning the rough spot away. In, in Romans 12 and 1, it says, and, not, and be not conformed to this world. Man, I, I can tell you what, I bet you there was people that were out partying last night who came to church this morning. They were conformed last night, but today they were trying to be transformed by a renewing of their mind, as, as the word says. They got, one foot, they got one foot going this way, this direction, and one foot going this direction, and they don't know which way to go. They're conformed in this manner, but they want to be transformed. And, and as they keep separating apart, their legs keep getting, you're, you're not going in the right direction at all if you keep trying to separate and take both paths. We've got to walk 
being transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Instead of analyzing, here, here's something that you probably won't hear very often. Instead of analyzing the word, why don't you apply it to your life and then analyze the results of God's faithfulness. Let me say that again. Instead of analyzing the word, apply it to your life and then analyze the results of God's faithfulness. I double dog dare you. I triple dog dare you to try his word and see what it does because it's filled with promises. Forget about what manner of man or woman you used to be. Forget about what makes sense, what's logical because with God, it's not always logic. With God, it's about doing. When Jesus sent the 12 disciples out, he said, preach the gospel in my name. You'll heal people in my name. And that's what they did. They couldn't use their logic way of thinking. They had to say, I got to believe that Jesus is going to do this. Why? Because he sent me to do those things. And that's what we have to do. We have to apply all that word to our life because it holds promise and it holds truth. It will purge us. The word will purge us, but it also ignite a fire inside of us to be a doer of the word and the work of God. And you shall be blessed in your deeds. If, if you're a doer of the word, you will be blessed in your actions. How do I apply the word to my life? Good question. Good thing you asked. Matthew 25, 35 through 40. For I was an hungered and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, verily I say unto you, and such as you have done unto one of the least of these brethren, you have done unto me. That is how we become a doer of the word of God. The word is powerful. It's cleansing. And it can transform, it can transform our life into be, from being a pew sitter into ministering to others if we'll just apply it to our lives. Back to the parable of sower. The explanation of it in, in uh, verse 19. When anyone heareth the word of God and understandeth not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. Where's the word sown? Into our hearts, it says. God doesn't look at your countenance. He doesn't look at your stature. He doesn't look at how much money you got. He looks at your heart and the word is sown and it pierces the heart. It says, this he which received by the wayside, the wicked one stole it. Verse 20 and 21, but he that received the seed into a stony place, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon, which is immediately, with joy received it. Yet, has he, not, yet he has not root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by, he's offended. He received the word. He received it with joy. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm blessed going in, I'm blessed going out. He received those, those manners of teachings and he's, he's received the joy, but the wicked one has come and stole that joy. And he's faced with temptation. The wicked one is giving the devices of his imagination. He went back to what he knew. 
He went back to, to what he had known. And the wicked one is lying to him and telling him that Jesus doesn't love him and Jesus won't accept you back. The wicked one, the devil, is shaming him all because he's not rooted in the word of God. Verse 22, and he also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choked the word and he became unfruitful. First Timothy 6, 9 and 10 says, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare. Into my foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Their greediness strayed them from the faith. God is our provider. There's nothing wrong with having more money than you know what to do with. And if that's you, the Buzz Henderson will take your contribution, please, right? But we lose sight of God. And when we lose sight of God, we lose sight of our contentment. Contentment doesn't have to do with how much money you have. Contentment has to do with understanding that the blessings of life and the freedom of life comes from understanding and knowing and living for God. The deceitfulness of the riches choked out the word. The deceitfulness of riches choked out the word. Adam ate of the forbidden fruit. Delilah sold Samson. Judas betrayed the son of God, Jesus. The deceitfulness of riches choked the word out. Job 31, verses 24, 25, and 28. If I make gold my hope, or said to find gold, you are my confidence. If I rejoice because my wealth was great, and because my hand had gained much, this also would be an iniquity, deserving judgment. For I would have denied God who is above. Job is simply saying, if I would have put all my trust and all my money and everything that I owned, I would be denying that God is in heaven. Proverbs 11 and 28 says, he who trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like foliage. When we think about the righteous, you think about the leaves changing the collars and it's just beautiful. You think, you know, winter's here and, and, and leaves are dying, but spring's going to be right around the corner and you're going to see new life and you're going to see buds flourish and you're going to see new plants growing. You're going to see all this stuff. That's the righteousness of God. He wants to just flourish us in everything that we do. But he who trusts in his riches will fall. Don't trust in yourself. Don't lean on your own understanding, but lean on God and trust in God and call out to him in any and every circumstance that you face. Don't let the cares of this world choke you out. Let God be who God is. Let him provide. Let him take care of you. The days may be stressful. The days may be long, but look to the heavens. It's where your help comes from. Amen? Amen. Matthew 13 and 23, but he that receives seed in the good ground is he that heareth the word and understand it. Listen, even whenever I was saved, there's a time in my life that I didn't, I heard it, but I didn't understand it. I would read, God would give me scriptures to read. He'd speak to me verses just like he does whenever I preach and I would read and I had no clue. I would go to the pastor and I'd say, help me understand what I'm reading. I have no clue what this means. You see, the Lord was changing me. The old man was still trying to desire to stay in there. But the scriptures that I was reading was kicking the old man to the curb. We're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And we are that good ground. God is all about cultivating us. 
In cultivating, that means prepping us or preparing us to do the work that, is, that we're called to do. In Ezekiel 36 and 9, he says, For indeed, I am for you, and I will turn to you, and you shall be tilled and sown. When you hear the word, it starts to till the heart. What was once darkness and sin is starting to let the light of Christ in. If your heart isn't tilled, it just continues to allow the darkness to control you, your temple. God is making his new every day through his word. When the heart is tilled and the word is sown, there's new life. There's new hope. There's enlightenment. There's wisdom that comes from God's word. And how much of that word that we live and how much of that word that we apply gives results. But he that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirty. John 15 and 5 continues, says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. God is telling us it's only with him, only through him that we're able to do these things. God will till our hearts. He will prune us back at times because of the fruit that we bear. Listen, pruning doesn't mean that you're bad. There's times in life where, where you're producing great fruit. And, and, and if you ever read about pruning and purging, I read about the grapevines, right? Because I'm studying and I'm like, I don't quite understand this. And, and, and they cut back. These grapevines were producing massive grapes, but they continued to cut back and prune back even those that were producing a great harvest. Why? Because it gave them relief and it gave them where they're connected to the branch and new vitamins and new minerals started growing inside of them and they produced even a greater harvest. So just because you're producing great fruit and God starts pruning you back a little bit, don't think there's, there's something wrong with your relationship with God. Just continue to seek and continue to desire to do what he's asking you to do because he's about to explode a new harvest out of you. Amen? Bear the fruit. When what fruit that we do bear, it represents him and his kingdom. It represents Jesus in our church. It represents the new us in him. And he wants the world to see that through us. He wants the kingdom of earth, the kingdom of heaven to come to earth. And that's only through us. A little while and you will not see me. In a little while you will see me. We as believers have privilege of seeing Jesus every day of our lives. All we have to do is open it up. John 12 and 32. And I... If I be lifted up from the earth, we'll draw all men unto me. Simple. If we welcome him and we worship him, Jesus will be there. Deuteronomy 4 and 29. But if thou from thence thou shalt, but if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. We can talk about Jeremiah 29 and 11. I have the plans and, and the hope and the future for you. But we skip down to 29, 13 and guess what he says? Seek me and find me. So you want those plans? You want that hope? You want that future? He says, seek me. If he's sought after, Jesus will be there. If he's sought, he'll be caught and you'll be taught. Amen? Psalms 105 and 4 says, seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face evermore. Look to God. Look to him. He's near. He wants to be near. He wants to be your God. He wants us to repent and pray. He wants to humble ourselves. He wants us to continue to read. Jesus is telling his disciples, I'm about to die, but I'm about to raise up on the third day. 
I'm about to return to the Father who sent me. See, you may not hear him with your natural eye. You may not hear him with your natural ear. But God is real and God is alive. And he's calling us to a spiritual birth. He's calling us with spiritual ears and spiritual eyes with the help of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says that he must go to the Father. And the Father will send the Comforter. John 16, 8 through 11. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. The Holy Spirit has come to convict the world. Not only the Jews, but all mankind. Of sin because unbelief is the foundation of sin and brings eternal punishment. Of righteousness because man's righteousness is useless. We are only righteous because of the blood of Jesus. It's his atoning blood and our confession in him that makes his righteousness. Of judgment, men and women of God who believe in Christ, you will escape judgment. But those unbelievers will be judged and doomed with the devil. John 16 and 13 says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide us into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Can you imagine the disciples? Put yourself in, your shoe, in their shoes right now. Jesus is going away, but the Father's going to send us a helper. He's going to guide us in all truth. He won't speak, but what he hears. And will show us things to come. Can you imagine that? That's us right now sitting here. We're like, the Holy Spirit, I believe in Jesus, but what is the Holy Spirit? I can't comprehend. And Jesus is telling us, the spirit of truth has come, and he'll guide you in all truth. And when you, when you sin and you do wrong, he'll convict you to try to draw you back to truth because you've given yourself to Christ, and Christ wants to change your heart. For he will not speak of himself, but whatsoever you shall hear, that he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. And now we're to hug and kiss Jesus, the disciples, right? And they're like, you are coming back, right? You're, you're coming back. You'll see me. You will see me and then you won't see me, right? The Holy Spirit allows us to have righteousness that takes us deeper than our feelings. He allows us to have a deeper relationship, not in just religion, but to know righteousness. Acts 3, Peter and John are at the gate of beautiful. And I didn't give any media scripture any scripture to the media. This is just, this is just God and the Holy Spirit. This is the church becoming the church. This is, this is men and women of God who, who comprehend what Jesus was saying. Peter and John, they finally get it. Paul gets it. Saul, he, who becomes Paul, he understands it. And everybody that's in there gets the understanding of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit starts revealing and speaking. Peter and John at the gate of beautiful, getting ready to pass the lame men, begging for money. When they had this unction inside of them, they were ground, they were grabbed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And they fastened their eyes upon that lame man. And he said, Peter said, look upon us. Give heed unto us. And expecting to receive something from them, Peter said, silver and gold have I none. 
But such as I have, give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That was the righteousness of Christ, working through them by the Holy Spirit. I see Jesus in all that. The Holy Spirit allows us to teach as Jesus taught, staying in the line and the will of the Father. In Acts 26, Paul stands before King Agrippa to plead his case for the new found hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers. In verse 6 it says, he's standing there facing punishment. Saul, who became Paul, explains his salvation. At midday, a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shined upon us. And when we had all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Who art thou? Saul says, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. And he tells him, he says, rise and stand upon thy feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose to make thee a minister. And to witness both of these things which thou hast seen and those things in which I will appear unto thee and to, unto whom I will send thee. Verse 18 reads, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. And they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in Jesus. Paul continues to say, I was not disobedient by this heavenly vision. I've preached everywhere and to everyone that they should repent and turn to God and do works deserving repentance. I see Jesus in all that. The Holy Spirit helps us to walk in the same mannerism as Jesus. Jesus moved with compassion. He loved people so that all people would become a follower of Jesus. Acts 2, as it was preached, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. People gladly received the word. They were baptized. And the same day there were added 3,000 people. That's the steadfastness of the apostles, the love, the fellowship, the doctrine, the eating, the prayers, the many signs and wonders, all believed, all believed to the point where they went out and they sold their possessions and their goods and they brought them in and they distributed it to those in need. I see Jesus and all that goodness. The fruit of the spirit that we display matters. Our love, our joy, our peace, our long suffering, our kindness, our goodness, our faithfulness, our gentleness, our self-control. It matters because it shows Jesus in every situation that you get involved in. It shows Jesus how close you are to walking with Jesus. A little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. I understand that Jesus is talking about his death and his resurrection. And he tarried after the grave and showed himself to the disciples many times. And I understand that Jesus is coming back to get us that believe in him. But I'm thinking that every day of our life, when we look in the mirror, it may be you looking in that glass, but as believers, we should try our best to let Jesus be seen in us and through us. You can see Jesus every day as a believer 
if you choose. My question to you, are you reflecting him? If you would, bow your heads, close your eyes. The question is, are you reflecting Jesus? I don't know everybody's heart. So the first question I have for you, today is the day of salvation. If you're not saved, if you don't know Jesus, you can't reflect him. So would you give that opportunity today? Is there one here that would say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If that's you, slip your hand. There's nothing to be embarrassed about, nothing to be ashamed about. If Jesus is knocking at your door and knocking at your heart, I encourage you to lift your hand. As a believer, which most people are on Sunday nights, I pray that this message helps you to see that God wants us to tarry with the Holy Spirit anointing, to represent him in many ways, to fellowship, to love, to talk about the doctrine of Jesus Christ, to help strengthen a brother and a sister who don't know Jesus as well as you do, to come beside of each other in times of suffering. But also, when we look in that mirror, do we reflect him in our everyday life? Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 